Chapter Four of the Chronicles of Avonlea. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Chronicles of Avonlea, by Lucy Maud Montgomery. Chapter Four, Little Jocelyn, Part One. "'It simply isn't to be thought of, Auntie Nan,' said Mrs. William Morrison decisively. Mrs. William Morrison was one of those people who always speak decisively. If they merely announce that they are going to peel the potatoes for dinner, their hearers realize that there is no possible escape for the potatoes. Moreover, these people are always given their full title by everybody. William Morrison was called Billy oftener than not.' but if you had asked for Mrs. Billy Morrison, nobody in Avonlea would have known what you meant at first guess. "'You must see that for yourself, Auntie,' went on, with, went on Mrs. William, hulling strawberries nimbly with her large, firm, white fingers as she talked. Mrs. William always improved every shining moment. "'It is ten miles to Kensington, and just think how late you would be getting back. You are not able for such a drive. You wouldn't get over it for a month.' You know you're anything but strong this summer. Auntie Nan sighed and patted the tiny, furry, gray morsel of a kitten in her lap with trembling fingers. She knew better than anyone else could know that she was not strong that summer. In her secret soul, Auntie Nan, sweet and frail and timid under the burden of her seventy years, felt with mysterious, unmistakable prescience that it was to be her last summer at the Gull Point Farm. But that was only the more reason why she should go to hear little Jocelyn sing. She would never have another chance. And, oh, to hear little Jocelyn sing just once! Jocelyn, whose voice was delighting thousands out in the big world, just as in the years gone by it had delighted Auntie Nan and the dwellers at the Gull Point Farm for a whole golden summer with carols at dawn and dusk about the old place. "'Oh, I know, but I'm not very strong, Maria,' said Auntie Nan pleadingly. "'But I am strong enough for that. Indeed I am. I could stay at Kensington overnight with George's folks, you know, and so it wouldn't tire me much. I so want to hear Jocelyn sing. Oh, how I love little Jocelyn!' "'It passes my understanding the way you hanker after that child,' cried Mrs. William impatiently. "'Why, she was a perfect stranger to you when she came here, and she was only here one summer.' "'But, oh, such a summer,' said Auntie Nan softly. "'We all loved little Jocelyn. She seemed just like one of our own. She was one of God's children, carrying love with them everywhere. In some ways that little Anne Shirley the Cuthberts have got up there at Green Gables reminds me of her, though in other ways they're not a bit alike. Jocelyn was a beauty.' "'Well, that Shirley snippet certainly isn't that,' said Mrs. William sarcastically and if Jocelyn's tongue was one-third as long as Anne Shirley's, the wonder to me is that she didn't talk you all to death out of hand. "'Little Jocelyn wasn't much of a talker,' said Auntie Nan dreamily. "'She was kind of a quiet child. But you remember what she did say, and I've never forgotten little Jocelyn.' Mrs. Williams shrugged her plump, shapely shoulders. "'Well, it was fifteen years ago, Auntie Nan, and Jocelyn can't be very little now. She is a famous woman, and she has forgotten all about you, you can be sure of that.' "'Jocelyn wasn't the kind that forgets,' said Auntie Nan, loyally. "'And anyway, the point is, I haven't forgotten her. Oh, Maria, I've longed for years and years just to hear her sing once more. It seems as if I must hear my little Jocelyn sing once again before I die. I've never had the chance before, and I never will have it again.' 
Do please ask William to take me to Kensington. Dear me, Auntie Nan, this is really childish, said Mrs. William, whisking her bowlfuls of berries into the pantry. You must let other folks be the judge of what is best for you now. You aren't strong enough to drive to Kensington, and even if you were, you know well enough that William couldn't go to Kensington to-morrow night. He has got to attend that political meeting at Newbridge. They can't do without him. "'Jordan could take me to Kensington,' pleaded Auntie Nan, with very unusual persistence. "'Nonsense! You couldn't go to Kensington with the hired man. Now, Auntie Nan, do be reasonable. Aren't William and I kind to you? Don't we do everything for your comfort?' "'Yes, oh, yes,' admitted Auntie Nan deprecatingly. "'Well, then, you ought to be guided by our opinion. And you must just give up thinking about the Kensington concert, Auntie, and not worry yourself and me about it any more.' I am going down to the shore-field now to call William to tea. Just keep an eye on the baby and chance he wakes up, and see that the teapot doesn't boil over." Mrs. William whisked out of the kitchen, pretending not to see the tears that were falling over Auntie Nan's withered pink cheeks. Auntie Nan was really getting very childish, Mrs. William reflected, as she marched down to the shore-field. Why, she cried about every little thing! And such a notion, to want to go down to the old-timers' concert at Kensington and be so set on it! Really, it was hard to put up with her whims. Mrs. Williams sighed virtuously. As for Auntie Nan, she sat alone in the kitchen and cried bitterly, as only lonely old age can cry. It seemed to her that she could not bear it, that she must go to Kensington. But she knew that it was not to be, since Mrs. William had decided otherwise. Mrs. Williams' word was law at Gold Point Farm. "'What's the matter with my old Auntie Nan?' cried a young voice from the doorway. Jordan Sloane stood there, his round, freckled face looking as anxious and sympathetic as it was possible for such a very round, very freckled face to look. Jordan was the Morrison's hired boy that summer, and he worshipped Auntie Nan. "'Oh, Jordan,' sobbed Auntie Nan, who was not above telling her troubles to the hired help, although Mrs. William thought she ought to be, "'I can't go to Kensington to-morrow night to hear little Jocelyn sing at the old-timers' concert. Maria says I can't.' "'That's too bad,' said Jordan. "'Old cat,' he muttered, after the retreating and serenely unconscious Mrs. William. Then he shambled in and sat down on the sofa beside Auntie Nan. "'There, there, don't cry,' he said, patting her thin little shoulder with his big sunburned paw. "'You'll make yourself sick if you go on crying, and we can't get along without you at Gold Point Farm.' Auntie Nan smiled wanly. "'I'm afraid you'll soon have to get on without me, Jordan. I'm not going to be here very long now.' "'No, I'm not, Jordan, I know it. Something tells me so very plainly. But I would be willing to go, glad to go, for I'm very tired, Jordan. If I could only have heard little Jocelyn sing once more.' "'Why are you set on hearing her?' asked Jordan. "'She ain't no kin to you, is she?' "'No, but dearer to me, dearer to me than many of my own. Maria thinks that is silly, but you wouldn't if you'd known her, Jordan. Even Maria herself wouldn't if she had known her.' It is fifteen years since she came here one summer to board. She was a child of thirteen then, and hadn't any relations except an old uncle who sent her to school in winter and boarded her out in summer, and didn't care a rap about her. The child was just starving for love, Jordan, and she got it here. William and his brothers were just children then, and they hadn't any sister. We all just worshipped her. She was so sweet, Jordan, and pretty, oh my, like a little girl in a picture with great long curls, all black and purply and fine as spun silk, and big dark eyes, and such pink cheeks, real wild rose cheeks, and sing, my land, but couldn't she sing? 
always singing, every hour of the day that voice was ringing around the old place. I used to hold my breath to hear it. She always said that she meant to be a famous singer some day, and I never doubted it a mite. It was born in her. Sunday evening she used to sing hymns for us. Oh, Jordan, it makes my old heart young again to remember it. A sweet child she was, my little Jocelyn. She used to write me for three or four years after she went away, but I haven't heard a word from her for long and long. I dare say she has forgotten me, as Maria says. T'wouldn't be any wonder, but I haven't forgotten her, and, oh, I want to see her and hear her terrible much. She is to sing at the old-timers concert to-morrow night at Kensington. The folks who are getting up the concert are friends of hers, or, of course, she'd never have come to a little country village. Only sixteen miles away, and I can't go. Jordan couldn't think of anything to say. He reflected savagely that if he had a horse of his own he would take Auntie Nan to Kensington, Mrs. William, or no Mrs. William, though to be sure it was a long drive for her, and she was looking very frail this summer. "'Ain't going to last long,' muttered Jordan, making his escape by the porch door as Mrs. William puffed in by the other. "'The sweetest old creature that ever was created'll go when she goes. "'Yah, ye old madam, I'd like to give you a piece of my mind, that I would.' This last was for Mrs. William, but was delivered in a prudent undertone. Jordan detested Mrs. William, but she was a power to be reckoned with, all the same. Meek, easy-going Billy Morrison did just what his wife told him to. So Auntie Nan did not get to Kensington to hear little Jocelyn sing. She said nothing more about it, but after that night she seemed to fail very rapidly. Mrs. William said it was the hot weather, and that Auntie Nan gave way too easily. But Auntie Nan could not help giving way now. She was very, very tired. Even her knitting wearied her. She would sit for hours in her rocking-chair, with the gray kitten in her lap, looking out of the window with dreamy, unseeing eyes. She talked to herself a great deal, generally, about little Jocelyn. Mrs. William told Avonlea folk that Auntie Nan had got terrible childish and always accompanied the remark with a sigh that intimated how much she, Mrs. William, had to contend with. Justice must be done to Mrs. William, however. She was not unkind to Auntie Nan. On the contrary, she was very kind to her in the letter. Her comfort was scrupulously attended to, and Mrs. William had the grace to utter none of her complaints in the old woman's hearing. If Auntie Nan felt the absence of the spirit, she never murmured at it. One day, when the Avonlea slopes were golden-hued with the ripened harvest, Auntie Nan did not get up. She complained of nothing but great weariness. Mrs. William remarked to her husband that if she lay in bed every day she felt tired, there wouldn't be much done at Gold Point Farm. But she prepared an excellent breakfast and carried it patiently up to Auntie Nan, who ate little of it. After dinner Jordan crept up by way of the back stairs to see her. Auntie Nan was lying with her eyes fixed on the pale pink climbing roses that nodded about the window. When she saw Jordan, she smiled. "'Them roses put me in so much mind of little Jocelyn,' she said softly. "'She loved them so. "'If I could only see her! "'Oh, Jordan, if I could only see her! "'Maria says it's terrible childish to be always harping on that string, "'and maybe it is. "'But, oh, Jordan, there's such a hunger in my heart for her, such a hunger!' "'Jordan felt a queer sensation in his throat "'and twisted his ragged straw hat about in his big hands.' Just then a vague idea which had hovered in his brain all day crystallized into decision. But all he said was, "'I hope you'll feel better soon, Auntie Nan.' "'Oh, yes, Jordan, dear, I'll be better soon,' said Auntie Nan, with her own sweet smile. "'The inhabitants shall not say I am sick, you know. But if I could only see little Jocelyn first. End of chapter 4, part 1